I'm your host, Tom Taylor, and I've been conversing with a bad podcaster. Quite frankly, he's very mad. We're going to try to find out why, so we'll take some questions from one of our live Twitter followers. Yes, I know where you're from. Hi, my name is Felicia, and I'm from Hialeah, and I don't understand why you're so mad. Like, what are you so mad about? Yo, first of all, first of all, you can't be asking me no questions, you know what I'm saying? Yo, yo, who the fuck is you? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can't be asking me no questions. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you I'm mad. I'm gonna tell you why I'm mad. Like, 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 these hosts out there, they in these million dollar studios, they dropping hot takes, you know what I mean? They got tea, they got all that shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm still living with my moms. I'm making podcasts, I ain't making no money yet. This is my fourth season, yo. This is my fourth season, and I ain't made a dime yet. This dude dropped one take, he make wild shows, that cold pizza show, it was cool. Cool. It was I. I mean, I, mean, I got, got more John Blaze than that. I mean, I, I got John Blaze taste. And, and, and then I ain't even recognize it. Then I ain't even recognize it. And fuck that guy, yo. Yo, who is you to be asking me any questions? Yo, who is you? I got to talk. I got to tell how I feel. I got to talk about sports, how I see it. You. 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 And welcome back to another edition of the Mighty Sports Podcast. I am your host, the one and only Dallas Thomas Taylor. It is another beautiful down here, down here, day down here, South Florida. What can I say? It's about like 87 degrees. It's October 3rd. Yeah, folks, we've broken into October, which means that Halloween is right around the corner. Well, we got a lot to talk about, you know what I mean? But, you know what I'm saying? We have the, we have the whole lineup today. We got week four of the NFL. Like, we got we got the week five picks. Uh, we, get, we get to talk about the McGregor fight coming up. We got the Major League uh, playoffs. We have the NBA preseason. We we have we got PPW's um hollow hollow slam, and and we just may shits and giggles right. We just may go ahead and talk about super slam or whatever that's called. But you know what I say, regardless of the time and regardless of the weather, it's always a good time to talk some sports. So. Let's start talking. Woo! Back at it like a sports fanatic. Can't tell you uh, how excited I am to be back here every single week. You're back with the fourth season of the Mighty Sports Podcast. Yeah, this, is, this, is, this is like the fourth. This is like the sixth episode going on the fourth season. It's like episode ex- exactly like 121. You, you know, can you believe we've been doing this for four years? 121 episodes. Don't worry. We about to start getting real heavy for you guys. If you may start just dropping like podcasts every single day, every single day, every single day. You know what I'm saying? But before we even get there, let, let's let's talk about let's talk let's get right into it because you know how we goes you know how we get. Basketball 
is back. And I, and I know what you guys are saying. Like, yo, yo, T, calm the fuck down, B. Like, yo, this is only preseason. Like, like, like why are you getting all hyped over preseason? Because basketball is back. And that's how I like my sports. I like, I like, I like basketball. Listen, if, if you guys know me, if you guys know me for the years, if you guys have followed the podcast for any amount of time, you know that ain't more time excited for me than when basketball is on play. And listen, we don't just have basketball. We don't just have basketball right now, right? What we have, what we have all together is we have preseason basketball. We got preseason hockey. We have, <laughs> we we have we have the we're in what, week week five or week six of the NFL, and 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 we about to have major league baseball playoffs. It is all coming together, and I'm t- and I'm telling you guys, like you heard what I said. Listen. The reason why the reason why preseason it seems so big all of a sudden. The reason why we're gonna talk about preseason all of a sudden is because for once, for once, there's been some real splashes. I, I mean, some real hard hitter splashes. And for once, I may be comfortable with somebody moving that I've never ever been comfortable with before in my life. And yeah, I'm I'm, I'm talking about. And this is the first time. Listen, this 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 may be the very first time you guys are hearing me saying this. Right, like you, you've heard me talk about how yo Lance Stevenson is the truth. Like Lance Stevenson is the reason that this team is going to is going to go to the playoffs. Like you heard me say this right here on the right here on the podcast. You've heard me say this, but I'm gonna I ain't gonna say I'm gonna stop joking. As we about to end the live podcast, the live feed on Facebook for a second. See if we could try something else here. Yeah, yeah, end, end, end. Don't worry about me. No, don't be it, don't be it, don't be it, basura. This may be the first time you're actually hearing me say this. And what you're about to hear me say is that for once, I'm not upset with a LeBron move, to be honest with you. And listen, it took some time. Let's not front. Let's not front like I just came to this conclusion and I, and I was cool with it and everything was all straight everything was all honky dory like I, let, I, let's not front like let's i'm not gonna sit here in front and act like i've been cool with it the whole entire time his move to la just like i, I didn't like initially like let's like you guys know me all right let's, let's take a trip down memory lane let, let, let's take a trip down memory lane We all know I don't like LeBron James. I, I I've had my beef with LeBron James. Not for anything that he's specifically done on the court. Not for anything that he specifically done initially in the NBA, but it was it was based off how he was covered coming up into the NBA, taking off Knicks games just to show a high school game. Like you, you can understand my venom when I'm staying up to three o'clock in the morning to watch a, to watch a Knicks game, and then I have to go to physical fitness training while I'm in the army, and I gotta protect this goddamn world. And yeah, I don't get no damn Knicks games. And I even stayed up for like a good hour and a half just to make sure like it wasn't me. Right? So, that's not an issue at all. Right? No, 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 no. Right? That's one of the issues, I should say. But, but that's the issue I have now. Like, I'm, I'm very slowly getting over that. What is getting to me, though? Ah, 
maybe I need to be here. That's not for you. Okay, my apologies. So, there we go. This is what I'm looking for. So I'm not, I'm not that upset about what's going on here with LeBron. All right. At least, at least you heard. I was upset initially when he came into the league. I'm not upset now. I was upset. When he went to Miami. Oh, I was wholeheartedly upset. And for those that know me, listen, it had nothing to do with the fact that he didn't come to New York. Like, don't get, don't let people get you twisted and flack. I say like, oh, it's because he didn't come to New York. Why you didn't want, why you're all upset? No, that's not the reason. That's not the reason. That is 100% not the reason why I was upset of it. It's because, you know what? When somebody is set out to be your rival... Ha! Got where I wanted you from now. Sorry. I apologize, people that are listening to the podcast. Um, you know what? I'm doing a live feed. And as you know, when it comes to a live feed, there's always a couple of things that a couple of things that are drawn here and there. So I do apologize if anything is being drawn away. But we shouldn't have that problem anymore. So let's just keep going. I wasn't mad. I was very mad at him going to Miami. But I wasn't mad at the fact that he didn't pick New York. That wasn't the reason why I was mad. Right? That's what we're doing. We're also testing out the new camera. 100% testing out the new camera. I wasn't mad that he was going to... That he didn't come to New York. I was mad that he went to Miami. I was mad that he decided to team up with an individual that was considered his peer. Now, not, not, just, not just his peer, his rival, more than anything else. Like when it comes to your rivals, you you, you should want to you should want to beat your rivals. You should like how I'm trying to figure out how like how jetsed out should I get for this? You know what I mean? Like hold on one second, hold on one second. That's so you guys know. <laughs> you should want to beat your rival. Make sure make sure you see that too, right right above that. Make sure you see that too. You should want to beat your rival. So that's where a lot of my disdain came from. Was the simple fact that he just didn't want. He wanted to take the easy way out. And even him coming back to, even him coming back to Miami or coming back to Cleveland, I should say, was still like I. Even I was like, okay, you know what? He should go back to Cleveland. Let's not make it seem like he went back to Cleveland because it was just all one hundred percent, you know, all all shits and giggles, and he wanted to come back and, and and win one for the land. No, the moment was right. You understand? Kyrie Irving was giving you what Dwayne Wade was giving you. And, and and I may have sounded crazy when I said it then. I don't sound crazy when I say it now because he still got him a championship. And he was still hitting buzzer beaters. And he was still a ball handler when LeBron James wasn't a ball handler. And he still played a lot of one-on-one ball when LeBron James wasn't a guy that could, that could take the one-on-one ball handling. That was him. And Kevin Love was going to give you what Chris Bosh gave you. And everybody was younger. Kevin Love was younger than Chris Bosh. Kyrie Irving was younger than Dwayne Wade. So he had time with these guys. So even him coming to Cleveland was very methodical. Was was very was was very hand picked. Was very in the. It was it wasn't. 
It wasn't spont- as spontaneous as it may seem. It wasn't as like, oh, I'm coming back home. No, no, no. He saw that everything was right. And he was there like the moons and stars aligned and he knew that he could get a championship there. That was until he saw what happened in Golden State. So even coming back to Cleveland, I gave him a little bit of trepidation because I'm like, yo, you know what? You're not doing this with the purest intent. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care how you try to... How you try to how you try to muster it down? You're not doing this with the purest intent. With the purest intent. But now, you guys heard me saying, "Listen, I'm gonna pull back. I'm gonna pull back just a little bit. I'm gonna pull back." But you guys heard me say that I, I can't. I'll find it hard for him to leave Cleveland because the first time he left Cleveland, he put them basically in an economic recession, and that is not where you want to be or a position that you want to put your city in if you're talking about oh i want to big up my city or i want to build this up or i want oh i want this to grow this way i want this to do that you understand like that's not things that you that you do if that's the case i'm trying to catch the score on this yankees game to be honest with you like in case just in case i seem a little distracted i'm trying to catch this game with this yankees game now So I didn't see him leaving Cleveland just because of the economical factor and how he preached that he wanted to big up his town. How he wanted to feed his town. He wanted his town to flourish. Well, if he leaves, his town isn't flourishing. But he said, you know what? I know that. And what I'm going to do is that I'm going to open a school. Checkmate. Before I bounce. And that school is going to be what keeps me tied here, what keeps me wanted, what keep, keeps things flourishing, what keeps me wanting to build up and have people build around it. So that hopefully nobody has to be put through the current, the positions that I was put in when I was growing up. Hopefully this is a place that people can get to and go to when they find themselves in the situation that I was in. So yeah, he did what he needed to do to leave, to depart from Cleveland properly. Even if he does put him in any kind of recession. And then even with all that said. I still hadn't fully accepted the fact that he had went to Cleveland. I mean went to, went to LA. Until. I saw. These preseason games. Until I saw. The way LeBron James looked in a Lakers uniform. And I thought to myself, you know what? This just seems right. Now granted, it's still gonna be it's still gonna be because of Lance Stevenson why they win a championship. Let's not forget that. But it feels one hundred percent right to see LeBron James in a Lakers uniform because we like you have to figure a couple of things, right? LeBron James has been the biggest star in the league for some time now, right? Especially since Kobe has been gone. He's been the biggest star in the league. 100% since Kobe's been gone. He's been the biggest star in the league. And we saw the one time that he had a franchise truly dedicated to winning and trying to build a culture, trying to build a reputation, and trying to build a story behind themselves so that when people came in there, they knew there was a culture that they, they had to abide by. He did that. He went there in Miami. I didn't didn't quite realize 
that Miami was just a mini, uh, microscopic, minuscule version of what he wanted or what he was going to get. So now I've only find it fitting that he's in L.A. now. But I still don't think there was something that he was fully prepared for. And when we come back from a word from our lovely sponsors, friends and families, we're going to talk a little bit more about what LeBron isn't prepared for. But we're going to leave there quickly because you know we have to go over week four. And then we got to talk about week five. And then we got to talk about fantasy. And we got to talk about folks. Turn you right now. Strap in. You may be looking at a two-hour show today. That and more on the Mighty Sports. Actually, you know, you know, what, you know what, you know what, you know what, you know what. Since that's the case, we're gonna take breaks a little bit differently today. If we're gonna have an extended show today, all right? Then we ain't gonna take breaks every fifteen minutes. No, 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 no. Breaks are gonna come every twenty, thirty minutes. Just to let you know. <laughs> so let's continue then. Let, let's let's go ahead and continue. What LeBron may not have been ready for. And listen, if you guys are like, oh my God, a two-hour show. This is part of the reason why I'm working very diligently. And I think I'm at the point, especially during football season, where I'm at the point where we may be giving you guys more. If not a daily show, maybe three times a week. Maybe Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Maybe Monday, Wednesday, weekend. Who knows? Monday, Wednesday, Saturday morning. If I ain't too hungover, that'll be the best though, because those Saturday morning shows will be the wake and t- will be the wake and take show. You know how much I've been trying to get that off the ground. <laughs> so let's get back to LeBron James. So LeBron James finally now gets his wish, where he's the biggest star in the league, and he goes to a franchise with history, with true history behind it. We're talking about first and second most championships in the NBA, you know, kind of history, a kind of history that has. People that have had three peats and five championships, and the kind of and the kind of history that has that has put up guys that has scored thirty eight thousand, you know, three hundred plus points, you know, that kind of fran- that kind of legacy, you know, to the franchise. But not only that, he's also finally with not a franchise that not only has a history behind it, but also a franchise that also wants to win as much as he do so they are as motivated to put a competitive product on the floor at all times let's not forget this about la and nobody knows this more than magic you can see what he's doing what he's doing with the dodgers you see how yasiel puig is over here barking off don't forget if you want to interact with the show you can catch me right here if you're listening on Facebook, you, you can interact right here on Facebook. We can discuss, put some questions out there, and we'll and we'll try to see if we can get them on the show. Also, if you are listening on the webpage, right, mytsports.net. That's mytsports.net. If you look in the bottom right hand corner of your page, you're gonna see a nice little bubble. You click on that bubble, you and you click on even I think it says text, chat, or contact, whatever it says, right. You click on that little text bubble, and you can text me directly. And I get that little sucker right here, and we can also. Communicate directly on the show. I see you, Nick. I appreciate the love, B. I keep. I know you keep saying that we need to catch up. To, that we need to catch up or whatever. Don't worry. We all hope. Actually, nope. You you was liking something else. Ah, I thought you was listening lies. I thought you was listening lies. But still, I know you keep saying that we need to catch up. So don't worry. We're gonna catch up eventually. We we got we gotta have a nice little heart to heart talk. Now before we before we get too sidetracked, right? Before we get way too sidetracked, 
one of the things that LeBron isn't getting, right? And and you're starting to see just maybe just a little bit, maybe just a little bit, maybe just maybe and maybe it's just me, maybe it's just me. But I'm starting to see where I feel like LeBron James still isn't quite ready for the media storm that is LA. See, in Cleveland, he is obviously wholeheartedly 100% running the narrative there. He can. He's that dude there. But, I shouldn't say but quite yet. In Miami, things were a little bit different. But still it's Miami. Miami is still thirsty for stars. So, they will give LeBron James any kind of pass. Ah, no wonder. Any kind of pass that is necessary. Because, obviously, they didn't want to piss him off. And they technically didn't want to lose him. LA is a different monster. LA is good. Like, you understand, like... If he thought he was must-see TV then, even I'm excited now to watch the Lakers. To watch LeBron and the Lakers. And, uh, and let's, not get it, let's not get it twisted. I'm excited to watch Lance Stevenson and the Lakers. Now, you can keep the rest, to be honest with you. Because <laughs> I know Lance Stevenson is going to be the reason. So, I don't think he's ready for that. unless, And he can't bully this media. Like where he feel like he could have maybe possibly controlled Cleveland, maybe bully Miami, even bu bully Cleveland a little bit. You can't do that here in L.A. Or you can't do that there in L.A. Because those guys in L.A. are they're, like they're serious. Like, they will clap back at, like, LeBron, don't get it twisted. And I think that's, that may be the only thing. Maybe, 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 maybe. The only thing that he is not fully prepared for is to realize that those guys in L.A., they don't care what he's done. They don't care who he is. I ain't gonna say you care who he is or what he's done. Like, but they've had stars before there. So when you say, like, do you know who I am or what I've brought? Like, they know exactly who you are and what you've brought. And who you are is a guy that only has three championships. A guy that's been, that has been the best player in the league for almost two decades now. And he has three rings to show for it. A guy that's been to a championship now, what? You're saying, what, eight straight times and your record is exactly. They know who you are because in L.A., what they have there, what they're used to are pure winners. Now, while you may have won, you ain't quite a winner what they're used to. So when they ask you questions, you may want to take a little bit of that snarl out of your voice. You may want to take a little bit out of that bass out of there because what they're trying to say is like, hey, we're going to ask you our questions. Not only are we gonna ask you our questions, but you don't got a right to be salty when it comes to them because we've had Shaq, we've had Kobe, we've had Magic, we've had we've had people well before you, and you know what? They did a lot more winning than you did with the time given. Just saying. Just saying. So there may be something he may have to get used to. 
maybe a little bit something that he had to get used to is the fact that this LA media may not is not going to be the type of media that's going to crumble to him. But since we're going to talk about LA for a little bit, right? Before we go on our first commercial break, let's go ahead and talk about these playoffs, right? These baseball players. Like, did you hear that boy Yasiel Pui? Oh, we're talking about listen. Not only have we made it into the playoffs. And not only are we going to make it to the World Series, but we ain't going to do what we did last time and lose. Like we, we're going to win this this time. And listen, not, there's no part of me more. There's no part of me more than it. Don't forget, if you ever want to listen to the show or, or to the past shows, go to MyTSports.net. That's MyTSports.net. He's like, listen, man, we've we've done it before. We've, we're going back again. We're not going to fail you. We're going to win, and we're going to make LA winners. This is, listen, this is what LA is doing. Like, listen, LA Rams, LA Dodgers, LA Lakers are trying to get back on board after not being fully, fully relevant after all these years. So if you don't know, the Major League Playoffs are starting tonight, right? And unless I've already missed it, which I'm pretty sure that I already have. Because that's, 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 that's the kind of thing that happens to me. I would have missed the Yankees game already for tonight. But what we have in the Major League Playoffs, right? We have the Cleveland Indians. The 91 and 71, for that matter. Cleveland Indians. That are going to be taking on the Houston Astros. They have the Boston Red Sox that are waiting for the winners between the Oakland A's and the New York Yankees. Who are basically playing in that playing game. Oh, you know what? I just can't find the game for some odd reason. Where is this game being played at? It's on TBS. That's where I need to go to. Okay, we're gonna have the game in the back. The Yankees are up two nothing, top of the third. And we're gonna hold the Yankees to stay this way. The Yankees went up early with with you know driving in two runs in the first, and so far everything's been blank since then. And and hopefully that's what the Yankees want. That's that's what you want if you're a Yankees fan. Is that you want the Yankees to go up early? You want Yankees to keep that that pitching rotation short. You want you want them to keep it firing on all cylinders. You want to keep that heat coming in. You want to keep players fresh, and and you want hopefully that you don't sacrifice anybody when it, you know anybody when it comes to that Boston series. Because Boston is going to be that truth. Boston has been that team that's been haunting us this whole entire season. Like when everybody made the prediction, the pr- predictions, predictions and projections, projections <laughs> about the New York Yankees, nobody took in consideration about the the Boston Red Sox. Nobody looked at the Boston Red Sox. Nobody saw them coming. I'm going to honestly say that nobody saw the Boston Red Sox coming this whole entire time. But now the Boston Red Sox are here. Not only are they here, they've been here the whole entire season. Just just taunting us. Just haunting us. Just staring at us from the top and saying, like, listen, if you really, if you really, really, really think that you will go to win a World Series, and you know what? We're going to make you work for it. And now you're going to make you work for it? We're going to make you go through us for it. And, and listen, if you would have came and told me that the Boston Red Sox was in this position 10, 15 years ago, before they won that their first championship, I would have flat up went up to you and said, you know what? The Yankees got this. The Yankees are going to win. I'm not worried about anything. But the team is, has currently found ways to win. And this year is no different. They found ways to beat the Yankees. Now we just got to figure out if they found ways to win in the playoffs. That is going to be, like, that is going to be the caveat. That's going to be the kicker here. Like, have they found, have the Yankees found ways now in the playoffs to beat the Red Sox? The Red Sox found ways to win in the playoffs. 
I'm really hoping the Yankees don't embarrass themselves. Well, first they have to finish getting past the A's, right? Or the Athletics, if you don't know, the Oakland Athletics. So first they have to get past them. But once they get past them, I am really, really hoping they do not embarrass themselves because that's the last thing I want to see. I don't, I don't want the Yankees to lose to the Boston Red Sox. If the Yankees had to lose to anybody, they can go ahead and lose to anybody. What I don't want them to lose to are the goddamn Boston Red Sox. And as I got a visitor from Brooklyn. What up, Brooklyn? I see you in the house. BK all day. We're going on our first break. I see you, Louis. Giving me some love. I see you in the house, too. We're about to take a first break. And when we come back, we're going to break down week four of the playoffs. Or uh, the NFL season. We'll get into a little segment that I want to introduce called Fantasy versus Reality. We'll play around with that just a little bit. You know what I mean? Because I, I think I've been alluded to that for some time now. We're going to make it into, a, into this full-blown section. But that and more on the My T-Sports podcast right here on MyTSports.net. You ready to start drinking? You ready to start dancing? You ready to start your weekend off like a boss? Then say no more. Give yourself the world treatment by partying with DJ Seppka. Wednesday. Wednesday. Bar Louie in Boynton. West of 95 off Gateway in Congress. Thursday. Thursday. Lucky's in downtown Fort Lauderdale. Friday. So nice we had to go there twice. Capone's in downtown Fort Lauderdale. And that's not it from your Miami Heat DJ. Whether it's birthdays, weddings, bar mitzvahs, corporate parties, or professional sporting events, DJ Scepter puts a royal touch on everything. And for reservations, just go to bookings at djscepter.com. That is B-O-O-K-I-N-G-S at djscepter.com. The ultimate in adult entertainment has arrived, and the place to experience it is at the all-new and improved The Body Club. The Body Club. Formerly Club Secrets at 11340 Biscayne Boulevard. Seven days a week, we keep it popping. Like Make it count Monday. The ultimate in adult entertainment has arrived, and the place to experience it is at the all-new and improved The Body Club. The Body Club. Formerly Club Secrets at 11340 Biscayne Boulevard. Seven days a week, we keep it popping. Like Make it count Monday. And we are back to the Mighty Sports Podcast. I am still your host, the one and only Dallas Thomas Taylor. You're still listening right here on the MightySports.net, the only place where every voice is Mighty. And I told you coming back to the Yankees game, the Yankees are up still two to nothing in the bottom of the third. We have the Jose, the the, the Athletics up on the mound, and we have no outs. If I can see that properly, I got no glasses on, so so let, just let you know I can't, I can't see all that shit. All right, so. Week four of the NFL has just passed. And if you follow the MIT Sports picks that I put up every single Wednesday, sometimes as early as Tuesday, we could put, we put up every single week up on the podcast, up on the website, I should say. We did, if you follow the picks, we didn't do too bad this week. We made, we made a good recovery based off last week. There were, there were no hard picks into this week. There, there were no like, hey, you know, like I, I think that the New England Patriots are going to lose just because I hate them. And there was no, hey, I think my Jets are going to win just because they're my Jets. There was, there was none of that this time. There was none of that. I gave you, I gave you the straight picks. Like, I, I hit you with the straight throw, my exactly how you needed to get it. Rough, rugged, and raw. Like, like, like if, whether you like it or, or, or you don't like it, I mean. Can you, can you dig it, dig it sucker? It's just one of those things. 
So week four of the NFL starts, right? And it starts over the Thursday night game between the Minnesota Vikings and the LA Rams. And, and this is probably going to be one of the highlighted games of the week. So, you know, you know as we like to call them, one of the multi-vest games of the week. So it's also Minnesota versus LA Rams. And this game lived up to what it should have lived up to. We're talking about both quarterbacks having over 400 yards. We're talking about we're talking about at least three touchdowns for each quarterback. We're talking about multiple players with, with 100 yards through the air. You, you, you understand? Like it was it was one of those kind of games. It was a shootout. It it was it was scoring. It was high intense. It showed that you know what? Maybe the defenses for these two teams may be a little bit overrated, or maybe it showed that the offenses for both of these teams are just really that high power. The LA Rams came away with the victory over the Minnesota Vikings, 38 to 31. We were correct on that one, as we had Kirk Cousins going 36, 36 completions over 50 passes. That is just about 72%. People, that's some quick math, super quick math, super quick math, super easy math too. <laughs> as he went for 422 yards and three touchdowns. All right, 135 of those yards went to Thielen, who he caught eight catches, 11 of those catches also went to Diggs for 123 yards. Thielen was the only one out of those out of those pairs to go ahead and catch a touchdown. And you know how I do here. We only gonna talk about the quarterbacks that put up over 300 yards through here. We only gonna talk about those running backs that put up 100 yards. We only gonna talk about those wide receivers that put up 100 yards. Everybody else, I love you. You did work. It's not to mention in one show. And on the other side for the winners, we had Jeriff Goff going 30, going 26 for 33. 465 yards, five touchdowns. Cooper Cup, nine receptions, 162 yards, two touchdowns. Cooks, 116 yards and a touchdown. Woods, 101 yards and a touchdown. And don't forget, we had Gurley. Now I know I said I'm only gonna talk about people that either rush for 100 or or pass for 100. Well, Todd Gurley. I'm sorry, I, I had to mention. I had to mention him because while well, he only had. 83 yards rushing. He had 73 yards catching. So I'm sorry. Like he had a total 156 yards. So yeah, he he, he gets honorable mention. He gets he gets put in this category. I mean, I, I mean we can't give him a round of applause. We could definitely. Next up, we had Houston versus Indy. As Houston. Now I am I am gonna tell you a couple of these picks were different that I made on the air than I actually submitted. We gotta hopefully you and I have that mistake again. Did I did I fix that on this one? Nope. You gotta have to go to the webpage so I can just so I, just so I can know what I picked when it comes later on for these week five picks. So Houston went up to, went up went up in Indy, and they went ahead and they saddled those Colts. 37-34. We had Deshaun Watson 29 for 42, 375 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Hopkins had 10 receptions for 169 yards, and we had key. Key Cote, and that's his name. 11 receptions, 109 yards. On the other side, we had Andrew Luck again. Andrew Luck, I I, guys, I'm telling you right now, I am nervous for Andrew Luck. I, I am nervous for Andrew Luck's health because this is another game where he has passed for over 50 plus yards. Let's, so, let's let that soak in for a little bit. This is his sorry, not 50 plus yards, but he's made 50 plus passing attempts. Last week, what did he do last week? What did he do last week? 
sorry, he had 40 last week. And what was he at the week before that? Where was he at the week before that? Do I have his week, the week before that numbers? I do not. But it's been it's been a bunch of ridiculous numbers for him. I think last week last week's numbers, the brief the brief we had with last week, I think he had 25 attempts for like 120 yards or some some monstrosity like that. Well, this time they had him pass 62 times, 40 completions, 464 yards, four touchdowns. T.Y. Hilton had four receptions for 115 yards. Green Bay hosted the Buffalo Bills, and they weren't very generous hosts. Just let's just put that in the least. I mean, we well, you got when well, you normally you know you invite a guest into your home, and you at least allow them to eat something while they're there. You at least offer them the opportunity to eat. Yeah, like hey, would you like to bite to eat? We want a sandwich or something, some nuts, some berries. You know, we like a glass of water, some juice, a beer, you know, a bottle of liquor, you know. No, 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 no. Buffalo went into Green Bay, and all Green Bay offered them was an L, an embarrassing L, because they didn't even allow them to score. They ain't allow them to eat. They ain't allow a field goal. They ain't allow a safety. They ain't allow a touchdown. They ain't allow an extra point. They ain't, they ain't allow them. They, like you understand? They didn't even allow like Buffalo to accidentally put two points on the point on the board for themselves. Green Bay won that game twenty-two nothing, and they did that without Aaron Rodgers putting up three hundred yards. Just saying. Just saying. You asked me, you know, you asked me, so I, I, I got to tell you. Next up, we had Chicago taking on Tampa Bay. We had Fitz Magic going up against what has been and kind of remains to be the best defense in the league so far. Consistent takeaways. Scoring on scoring on defense. We're talking about interceptions and fumbles. So <laughs> when I talked about this game last week, we weren't surprised at the outcome. Chicago beat Tampa Bay. We weren't surprised at the outcome. It's not it's not only because Fitzmagic looked like Fitzmagic the week before. That wasn't that wasn't the factor. Or well, Fitzmagic was reverting back down to Fitzpatrick. You understand? Like, like he's like he has gummy berry juice, right? Or he has like some special sauce, and he takes it, and his powers only last for so long before like they run out, and then he comes back to like being a mere mortal, and he has to take some time before he recharge, and then he goes all superhuman again, and then those powers run out. Like he goes through these cycles throughout his whole entire career. He goes through these cycles. So I didn't think that Fitz Magic was like Fitz Magic was reverting back because it was just the time. It's, it's mainly because he was going against the best defense in the league, and Fitz Magic and Fitz Magic is always known for giving a couple of balls away to the other team. And when you're talking about a team that has been known this whole entire season for causing turnovers, for 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 taking away the ball, for for making him turn the ball over, then basically you're talking about a defense that's basically just sitting back and just waiting to be opportunistic. This game went forty-eight to ten. In Chicago's favor, Deshaun Jackson had five catches, 112 yards. On the other side, on the other side, we had guys like Tariq Cohen, seven, 421 yards. 
one touchdown. We had Taylor Gabrielle, 104 yards, two touchdowns as well. Wait, wait, what is that you asked? What is that you asked? What did the quarterback do? What did the quarterback do? I mean, he was aight. I mean, I mean, you got to figure if, if his guys put up those kind of numbers. I mean, he got to do at least something, right? At least put up 250 yards. You got to figure at least, right? And a little bit better than that. 19 for 26. 354 yards. One, two, three, four, five, six. Ah, ah, ah. Six touchdowns for Mitchell Trubisky. Ah, ah, ah. Yes, folks. That's how many touchdowns he had. Fun guy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's the first time I'm hearing it. This is much in my ear. Hold on, let's say that again. Fun guy. <laughs> Fun guy. <laughs> so the Chicago Bears come away with a victory 48-10 over Tampa Bay. Right, next up we had Miami versus New England. And Miami came into this game 3-0. Undefeated, not losing a game, beating the Jets in one of those games. I don't know who else they beat. Nobody cares. Didn't they beat Oakland? Didn't they beat Oakland? I think they beat Oakland. But don't worry. New England page the Miami Dolphins went into New England and they didn't produce a hundred yard receiver. They didn't produce a hundred yard rusher. And they didn't produce a 300 passing quarterback. They basically did nothing but put up seven points somehow, some way. That's about all they did. Now on the other side, New England Patriots. I'm, I'm not gonna say that this was hap this happened to be a phenomenal game because, you know what? The only person that meets the criteria to be mentioned in that New England game, no, 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 it's not him. Is that the guy that's married, 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 married to the broad that, that that walks up and down runways? Not him. We're talking about Sony Mitchell. Twenty-five carries, hundred and twenty-five yards, and a touchdown. Next up, we had the one and two Detroit Lions taking on the one and two Dallas Cowboys. And initially, we picked Detroit, and so far. I'll tell you the games I've got wrong. And outside of that indie game, we haven't got anything wrong up until now. Detroit taking on Dallas. We had Detroit beating Dallas. In Dallas. But no. Dallas managed to come away with the victory. 26-24. Golden Tate had eight receptions for 132 yards. Matthew Stafford, 24 completions out of 30 attempts. 307 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. The Dallas Cowboys didn't, and they don't have a wide receiver that can put up over 100 yards in a game, so they didn't have one. The Dallas Cowboys don't have a quarterback that can pass for over 300 yards in a game, so he didn't do that either. But the Dallas Cowboys do have, despite of everything else, and surprisingly, despite like even supposing maybe the box even being stacked, so they have a running back named Ezekiel Elliott. I guess 25 touches, 
and puts up 152 yards. Man, I am so glad I didn't make that thousand dollar bet in the beginning of that season. Thank God, like that dude canceled the bet to my he was drunk because I was confident that Ezekiel Elliott wasn't going to be a top three running back in this league. I was confident that he wasn't going to get that this year. I was so confident. I was like, yo, I, I we, could, we could even put a $500 kicker if he's a top 10. That's how confident I was. Look at that. Ezekiel Elliott. I'll tell you where he ranks in a little bit. But Ezekiel motherfucking Elliott. <laughs> Next up, we had the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Atlanta Falcons. Now, I didn't get this game wrong on the picks on the website, but I also didn't see myself picking it on the paper here. But on the website, it's there. But there is one thing. Hmm. There is one thing that I do remember saying about that game, and I hope you can remember it too. Gonna be, but all I know, whoever wins is gonna end up put up with 35 points. Probably both of them. Yes, folks, that was me exactly one week ago when we talked about this Cincinnati Atlanta game. I had a problem trying to figure out who was gonna win this game because of the fact that I figured, you know what. The Red Rocket has re has reacquainted himself with his top receiver, A.J. Green. And if he has done that, then, then the whole dynamics of what we have judged the Cincinnati Bengals off for the la last year doesn't apply this year. And that's what gave me my cause for pause. And also, not for nothing. Everything that we have judged Atlanta on for the last couple of years is exactly who they are. That when it comes to these big games, when it comes to these shootout games, when it comes to these games where you feel like, you know what, you should be able to find a way to win, that you shouldn't be passing the ball in running situations and you shouldn't run and be running the ball in passing situations. Like You should have your shit together and have things figured out by now. But you don't. And that is the reason why we sat here on the show. And we picked against the Atlanta Falcons. It's not that we really thought that the Cincinnati Bengals were that much better than them. Even though the Cincinnati Bengals are 3-1. and one. It's not that we really thought that the Cincinnati Bengals were that good. We just didn't believe that Atlanta won. Could finish games and we were willing to take a flyer to see if AJ Green and Andy Dalton are back and what we found out is that not only are they back but they are putting up the kind of numbers that make you say that hey I want to go out and get Andy Dalton in my fantasy league if he's available that, hey, 
if I have AJ Green. And you know what? I am going to start him. Because there is nobody else. There is no place else. I should say there's nobody else. But when he is this guy. He's the number one receiver. Hands down. He's going to get you what you want. He's going to get you your points. And he's going to be more successful more times than he is not successful. That's going to be A.J. Green for you. So what did they put up? Andy Dalton, 337 yards, 29 completions, 41 attempts, three touchdowns, one interception. And no, A.J. Green didn't, wasn't one of the guys that put up 100 yards in the game for him. Who it was? It was Tyler Boyd. 11 receptions, exactly 100 yards. On the other side for Atlanta, yeah, you got to figure that Matty Ice is going to put up the necessary yards to be mentioned. 29, 29 completions and 39 attempts, 419 yards, three touchdowns. Julio Jones, nine receptions, 173 yards. Sanu, six receptions, 111 yards. And if you've had C.J. Ridley, let's just say that he, he's got you two touchdowns. And he has benefited. And you're going to be surprised of how much he has been benefiting lately. As you see the Yankees right now on the mound, the Oakland Athletics have the bases loaded. Whoa. This is top of the fourth. We're talking about bases loaded. We have two outs, no balls, and a strike. Man. This is what I'm talking about. The Yankees over here playing on those heartstrings. Over there playing on the heartstrings. I, I need the Yankees to. I need the Yankees to be a little bit better than that. I need the Yankees to come in here and win. Next up, we had the, Jack the New York Jets versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. New York Jets got the aspect. 31-12. to 12. Blake Bortles put up 388 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. We had Dede Westbrook put up 130 yards. We have Moncrief put up 109 yards in a touchdown. Just as got embarrassed. The Jets are 1-3. Not surprised the Jets are 1-3. I just would have liked them to be two and two. You know? Like, is that too much to ask for my team? Like, is that too much to ask for my team? Like, we could have been at least been. I'm, I don't, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to get there. I'm going to get emotional. I don't want to get into my feelings right now. Philadelphia waited to Tennessee and laid an egg. They lost that game 23-26. Carson Wentz put up 348 yards, two touchdowns. You had Zach Ertz with 10 receptions, 112 yards. 
we had Alshon Jeffrey with eight receptions, 105 yards, and a touchdown. That still was not enough to overcome Marcus Mariota and the, and the now three and one Tennessee Titans. As he passed 43 times, 30 completions, 344 yards, two touchdowns, and interception. Nine of those went to Corey Davis, 161 yards and a touchdown. I think the Yankees may have just got themselves out of that inning. Next up, we had, a, we had the Seattle Seahawks taking on the Arizona Cardinals. Seattle Seahawks won that game 20-17. to 17. As running back, Mike Davis is the only one that produced in that game. 101 yards, 21 touches, two touchdowns. And that was one of those games I, I told you that it was a divisional game. It was a rivalry game. And I don't care how it looked. It's one of those games that I just really thought that just was not enough in the tank for Arizona to be able to beat a Seattle team. Like I, I don't, I don't care that right now the Seattle has officially lost. You know, Earl Thomas and has lost probably one of their best defensive weapons. I don't care about all that. I just knew that they had enough to beat Arizona with a rookie quarterback, and they'll be able to, and Pete Carroll will be able to scheme up enough to make sure that a rookie quarterback is not going to scorch him in his first game back or his first game in as a starter. We're going to break down the rest of these week four games or at least give you the rest of the results of week four games when we come back from our next commercial break. When we come back, obviously, we said we're going to talk about week five. We're going to give you the lineup for Platinum Pro Wrestling's Hollow Slam that's coming up on October 20th. And as you know, ladies, from the Fantasy Football League, the Fantasy Football Tips is coming up a little bit later. And oh yeah, don't forget about that fantasy versus reality segment. That and more on MyTSports.net when we come back. Tired of being ripped off by those other guys? Then head to Multiverse Video Games and get the value you deserve from your games and gaming products. The games cost money, and you shouldn't feel like you're just giving them away. So why continuously buy a membership for prices and deals that you should be getting anyway? Multiverse Games not only has fair pricing and great trading deals, Multiverse has a wide variety of games in all next-gen systems in the PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, and Xbox One series, as well as all your favorite old-school titles and systems, starting as early as Atari Nintendo to its current as PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360, and yes, that does include all of the PlayStation's Nintendo systems and Xboxes in between. They've been family-owned and operated for over 10 years, just off of the intersection of 183rd and 7th Avenue and the Nurses Registry Plaza. That's directly located at 830 Northwest 183rd Street, Miami Gardens, Florida, 331. Yep, that's conveniently just five oh, minutes from Sun Life Stadium, 790 the ticket, and, oh no, let's not forget, Tootsie's Adult Entertainment Center. Multi-best games where you save more so you can play more. Find millions of textbooks and solutions on the go. Marvel at how seamlessly it fits into your daily student activities. Walking through the quad, shopping for groceries, exercising, doing your laundry, dominating at the county fair, mashing down a black diamond, going for a sunset horseback ride, 
devouring Danielle Steele's latest page turner, feeding the bears, <coughs> catching flying babies, letting loose with the gang, intergalactic lightsaber battle, saving an adorable puppy from a burning building, or simply in the classroom. Find textbooks, read e-textbooks, and get guided solutions, all in one place. Chegg, improving the college experience, however you decide to live it. Let me put you on the game. Being taken advantage of isn't a game and it needs to stop. Aren't you tired of being ripped off by those other guys? Then, head to Multivest Video Games and get the value you deserve on your games and gaming products. The games cost money and you shouldn't feel like you're just giving them away. So why continuously buy a membership for prices and deals that you should be getting anyway? Multivest Games not only has fair pricing and great trading deals, Multivest has a wide variety of games in all next-gen systems in the PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, and Xbox One series, as well as all your favorite old-school titles and systems, starting as early as Atari Nintendo to its current as PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. And yes, that does include all of the PlayStation's, Nintendo systems, and Xboxes in between. They've been family-owned and operated over 10 years just off of the intersection of 183rd and 7th Avenue in the Nurses Registry Plaza. That's directly located at 830 Northwest 183rd Street, Miami Gones, Florida 33169. That's conveniently just five minutes from Sun Life Stadium, 790 the ticket, and oh no, let's not forget Tootsie's Adult Entertainment Center. Multi-Vest Games, where you save more so you can play more. And we are back to the Mighty Sports Podcast. I'm still your host, the one only talent, Omar Taylor. If you're still listening, that means you are listening in one of the many places that we have provided this podcast to you. There's Mixelar that you can listen directly on that app. You know, I would, I would prefer if you guys were listening on Mighty Sports.net. That's MYTSports.net. Just go directly to the website. And if you click on the live player, if it doesn't pop up automatically when you pop up to the website, just click on it and you'll be able to hear me directly here live. It's kind of sort of just like listening to Mixelar. Kind of the same thing. Kind of the same thing. <clears throat> Or you can be watching me directly here live on YouTube. Or on Facebook, I'm saying. Or you can be listening to the re-ear, which means that, like, you're not doing any one of those. I mean, you just really just went directly, directly through the website. And you're like, yo, I want to do the replay. So, talking about replay, let's get back into this this week, into the NFL, right? Next up, we had New Orleans taking on the, talking on the New York Giants. And that game exact, went exactly how we thought it was going to go. Where... New Orleans Saints put up 38 points. New York Giants put up 18. They didn't have a 300-yard passer. They didn't have a 100-yard receiver. They didn't have a 100-yard rusher. What they did have was a 100% temper tantrum thrown on the sideline once again. By their residential baby, Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, there was that. And that alone. Now, on the other side, 
you know, I mean, I mean, we had Alvin Kamara put up, you know, 19 rushes, 134 yards, three touchdowns. And believe it or not, there was a pass thrown in this game by another New Orleans quarterback. And guess what? His name was not Teddy Bridgewater. Let that sunk in for a little bit. We got the San Francisco 49ers lose to the LA Chargers. And San Francisco 49ers, even without Jimmy Garoppolo, have managed so far for the most majority of the season to put up just about 24, 25, 26, 27, 20. You know what I'm saying? Like, this has been just about their average. San Francisco 49ers. CJ Befford. Right? We're going to give him an honorable mention for this one. Right? Because two, 23 completions on 37 attempts. 298 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. George Kittle brings in six um, six of those interceptions, 125 yards, one touchdown. So as you can see, this... I'm not saying he's Jimmy G, because listen, we don't even know what Jimmy G is to call anybody Jimmy G. What we can say he is, though, what we can say so far is that the San Francisco lineup knows how to be consistent. If, more, if not for anything, regardless if they have Jimmy G or they don't. The Baltimore Ravens beat up the Pittsburgh Steelers. As we know what our motto has been on the show so far. No wins until Bell. No wins until Bell. Granted, like the Pittsburgh Steelers are now going to be 1-2-1. One, and one. I don't know what I... Listen, I don't care about that one victory. What I'm saying is that we won't pick them to have a victory until they get back Le'Veon Bell. So we picked them to lose this game. Because you know what? Baltimore's defense has actually been looking pretty decent. You know who's... Like, Baltimore's actually been looking really, really good. And you know what makes it funnier than anything? You know who he's been looking good with? Do you know... Who he's been looking good with? When you find me with a star and save my crash, that's the result you're gonna get. I will go to Annie up. You'll get your Barbie chain gap. He has been looking good with Michael Crabtree. And listen, we find this funny, right? We find this funny because because uh, you have to laugh in some way, shape, or form, right? Is that you got to figure that when Michael Crabtree decided that he was going to pick his new team. That he figured that he wanted to make sure that wherever he went... He was not going to be going up against Talib Kualib. Talib Kualib. Whatever his name is. Right, because you got to figure, like, that dude went to... Talib went to the LA Rams. And Michael Crabtree said, I'm getting out of the conference. I'm getting out of the division. I'm getting out of everything. I'm getting out of that side of the fucking country. Like, if you're going to go here, like, I, I don't want to go to Miami. Uh, I, I, I kind of don't want to go to Atlanta. Okay, I'll go to Baltimore. <laughs> you understand? Like, he made sure he was as far away as possible because what he did not want to have a repeat incident of was... He did not want to have his chain snatched for a third consecutive season. And we're talking about even after he decided to tape it to his chest. 
so that's what Joe Flacco's doing. Joe Flacco is making Michael Crabtree look like a proper receiver again. I'm not going to say Michael Crabtree's always been a, a bad receiver. Michael Crabtree just hasn't elevated himself to upper echelon receiver. What he has always been is probably like right there amongst the top tier of the number two quarterbacks. Number two wide receivers, I should say. Second tier wide receivers kind of ish. Baltimore looked good. Baltimore's defense came up, came away. Joe Flacco put up 363 yards. Twenty-eight for forty-two. They had their wide receiver um John Brown. And now this was the crazy part. Did the Yankees just get this base hit? Nope. 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 They gave up a base hit. Still two nothing, Yankees, top of the fifth. John Brown, the wide receiver for the Baltimore Ravens, had three receptions the whole entire game. One of those went for a touchdown. His three receptions totaled 116 yards. That is basically almost 40 yards per reception. Let that soak in. That's almost 40 yards per reception and a touch and he got one touchdown out of it. As the o, as the Oakland Athletics just got another base hit. So now they have runners on first and second with no outs. And then we had the Monday night game. Another one of those multi-vest game of games of the week. We had Kansas City take on Denver. Now, for once, I'm going to tell you this. Patrick Mahomes didn't pass for over 300 yards. For once. Patrick Mahomes went 28 for 45. Only had one touchdown. What Patrick Mahomes still managed to do was rally his team from a 10-point deficit. So that they can come out and beat Denver. And not only that. Not only was it a 10 point deficit. It was a 10 point deficit in the fourth quarter. So while I have sat here plenty of times. So far this year. And you have, hold, and you have heard me talk about. That how good. The Kansas City is. And how much credit we give directly to. Andy Reid. But at some point in time, there's only so much Andy Reid can do with his scheming. There's only so much time he can do with his play calling. There's only so much he can do with the X's and O's. At some point in time, the players have to get out there onto the field and they have to execute. Not only do they have to execute, at times, when things go bad, they need to improvise. You basically, at some point in time, if you're gonna if you're gonna say that you are the man, then you need to walk your walk and talk your talk, or as the kids would say these days, you need to walk it like you talk it. Kids these days, I I, I shouldn't even say that. 
I shouldn't even say that. But you didn't walk it like you talking it. That's what Patrick Mahomes did. We're talking about everything from scrambling outside of the pocket, scrambling left, scrambling right, switching hands while being pursued by Von Miller so that you can make a left-handed pass for a first down to keep a drive alive. Now, granted, there was a couple of plays that went his way. There was a play cock violation that should have been called there was a forward pass violation that should have been called when you pass the ball after passing the line of scrimmage but once again these are just those things that you always kind of hear about when you have quarterbacks of this caliber that find a way to win all of a sudden a tuck rule that's never been mentioned before comes in your favor all of a sudden, when you're landed on and rolled off across, you know, it's called roughing the passer. Well, you know what I said? When you talk about the kind of stuff that a quarterback gets or the kind of luck that they have to become lucky in games, this is the kind of stuff that you talk about. The things that you're like, wait a minute, if this didn't go his favor, then maybe he doesn't understand. But also, we have to understand this is, a, this is a thing about luck. As much as luck is luck, luck is also made. You understand? Good luck comes to the prepared. But it always seems that bad luck happens to the unprepared. And they have been prepared. And they have put themselves in good luck, in, in, play, in position to get good luck. Because listen, when you're not somebody of that caliber, when you're not put in a good offensive situation, when you're not confident of yourself or what's going on, with your team and your offense, then you know what you do when you're switching hands. You also have you also decide to put it behind your switch hands behind your back, and then you bounce the ball off your ass and fumble it. Patrick Mahomes didn't do any of that. Patrick Mahomes showed us that he doesn't always have to be up. That he can find ways to win while even down. And that is the thing that legends are made out of. Now, is he there yet? No, still, still waiting to see. Because so far, so far, he has done nothing outside of the norm for an Andy Reid ran system. Andy Reid, especially with these new Kansas City Chiefs as of late, has been known for starting off fast, has been known for having big starts, has been known for coming out the gate early, and then things catch up to them. People start to learn exact kind of things that they're doing. The temperature starts to get cold, and they're not able to do all of the things that they need to do, or they used to do. So while this is nice, and this is cute, and this looks great for the young quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, let's not get it twisted, right? Let's not get it twisted. We have seen this before. This is the kind of this is the kind of show that Andy run, Andy Reid runs. This is the kind of ship that he puts together. So now that we've talked about week four, right? 
let's let, let's 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 tell you how people have have truly and truly performed, right? Like basically, we're gonna call this the top five, top five, top five, top five, top five. <laughs> so, the top five producers from last week, right? In the quarterbacks, we have Jared Goff put it up 465 yards. We had Andrew Luck pass for 464 yards. We had Derek Carr pass for 437 yards. We had, hold on, pause for a second because you know what? Uh, you know, I, I'm kind of upset with myself that this hasn't come out a little bit earlier. Yo, yo, yeah, let me get let me get that beat. Can we go to the top fives that, you know, we got to make sure that these guys are definitely making sure. We, we got to make sure they get that, understand what kind of show that these guys are putting on this week. I mean, they're basically putting on a thriller for you guys, and you guys are even aware of it. So let's start that back. Jared Goff this last week passed for 465 yards. Andrew Luck passed for 464 yards. Derek Carr passed for 437. We had we had Kirk Cousins go for 422, and Matt Ryan put up 419 yards. And fantasy-wise. We have Mr. Bitsky, Jared Goff, Andrew Luck, Deshaun Watson, and Derek Carr. A little bit of a difference. But something like that is the is the preface for the segment that we're going to try to introduce a little bit later. Even though we don't have an opening segment for it yet. Running backs this last week. I think you already know. I think we already told you about a couple of them. We had Ezekiel Elliott put up 152 yards. He led all running backs this week. Followed him was was Alvin Kamara with 134 yards. Followed by him, you see Marshawn Lynch turning back the hands of time with 130. You, you had Kareem Hunt put up 120 yards, 21 yards, and Sony Mitchell from the New England with 112. Fantasy wise, top five was Kamara, Elliott, Davis, Gordon, and Hunt. Now, the top producing wide receivers from this past week. Julio Jones from Atlanta, 173 yards. We had Hopkins from Houston with 169 yards. Cup from LA with 162 yards. Corey Davis from Tennessee with 161 yards. And as we all know, Thielen from Minnesota with 135 yards. If I gave you the fantasy people, you wouldn't even know who they are. Gabriel Moncrief, Robinson, Westbrook, Patterson. Patterson. Patterson, sorry. Patterson. The top producing tight ends. And we're just going to give you their fantasy numbers. Because I think you're a little bit more interested in what they did fantasy-wise than what we did else-wise. Top producing tight end in fantasy from this past week. From Cleveland, we had Darren Falls. We had Joff Swan. Yeah, he was followed by Joff Swan, I should say. After that, we have Cameron Brait. Followed by Jordan Leggett. And Logan Paulson. Ted Knight, 8-7-7. Told you, man. Tight ends. Tight ends are a lot to stick out, don't they? They don't get the necessary love that everybody should. Top producing defenses this past week. Won't you know it? It happened to be the defense 
that went up against a team that didn't produce any points. The Green Bay Packers. Defense against Buffalo. 21 points. The Saints had 9. Texans had 8. Raiders had 8. The 49ers had 7. Those were the top producing. Those were the top five producing players of week four in the NFL. Later on the show, we're going to tell you basically who's leading all categories. And it's, that's, that's going to be the category. That's going to be when we talk about. Hey. 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 So now we have the top producers, right, in the NFL from last week. We're going to take a little break from football for just a second. Because what we want to tell you guys, since we're talking about thrillers, Platinum Pro Wrestler on October 12th, 20th, <laughs> on October 20th, is going to be having their Hollow Slam event, which is basically... Which is basically their October pay-per-view event. And man, can I tell you, it's going to be phenomenal. If you guys already don't know, it is going to be at the CrossFit Squad. That's at 512 Irvana Street. That's in West Palm Beach, Florida, 33401. Again, that is at the CrossFit Squad at 512 Irvana Street in West Palm Beach, Florida, 33401. On October 20th, where we are going to see the likes of Grade A Chuck Davis take on Jake St. Patrick. We're going to see MDK take on Santa Ria Cortez. We have a doubles match with Aaron Epic and Kai Faden taking on Critical Mayhem. Our first title defense of the evening is going to be the Starlight Championship where we see the 200 pounds of Twisted Steel and Sex Appeal, Jenna Van Muscles, take on Avery Taylor. We're going to get Gas House Bruce Wally taking on Cha Cha Charlie. Then, and what is very much, very quickly, turning into a rivalry, we have one half of the doubles division champions, Maximilia, taking on Stefan Guadalupe from the Guadalupe brothers. But no, that's not the only action for the, for the tag team champions or the Guadalupe brothers. We have Derek Dominic, the other half. Of the doubles division champions. Cash and Flash. Taking on the other half. Of the Guadalupe brothers. Julio. We get the man, the legend, former WWF superstar, Larry 
Lane taking on the Sun Tan Superman. And I'm telling you, in case you don't know, there's a slight weight discrepancy there. Larry Lane just won his job back. And I should say he just won his job back. Last pay-per-view event, he was in a win-or-go-home match where if he lost, he was, he was going to have to retire from wrestling. And he just went through a grueling match. We're talking about cowbells, no-hole-bars. That rivalry was fierce. And now he is rewarded by taking on the suntan Superman? This is going to be something special. We're going to be rooting for Larry. Larry's one, la, la, listen, rooting for Larry is like, is, is like rooting for... What's his name? The King. Lawler. That's how, that's, how, that's how I look at Larry. That's how I look at Larry. And our last two matches of the evening are both going to be title matches. The first one is going to be the Platinum Weight Championship match. Where C.J. O'Doyle, your champion, the Lion Heart Brawler from Philly, is going to be challenged by the mercenary pitbull, Rome Quavero. And can I tell you something? This is going to be exciting. I don't know a lot. About the mercenary Pitbull Rome Quavero. And the fact that he's coming to PPW and he is challenging CJ Odor for, the, for this belt. Yeah, and he has to be good. He has to be worth seeing. There's not a lot of people that belong to this. Listen, there's a couple of people that I could have said could possibly challenge a CJ Odor. Maybe like Char Char Charlie, maybe. A couple of people. And the fact that the mercenary is here. You're gonna want to catch that match. And last but not least, folks. Last but not least. Oh, suck it, suck it, suck it. We have our silver weight championship match. And this match will be a triple threat ladder match. Where he is gonna be taken on. And when I say he, you'll see her in a second. Because the lineup for this is, is, is impressive. We have Dante, Martavius, Carter, D, M, C, along with WWE Superstar, a regular on 205 Live, Chris. Silvio and they'll be taking on your silverweight champion Mr. 305 Live Mr. All the Way Up your five 
Superstar Max Stardom! That is your main event for the evening, folks. We're gonna take a quick break. <laughs> when we come back, we're gonna break down. We're gonna give you our picks for week five. We're gonna break into the section fantasy or reality. And ladies, don't forget, there's still some there's still a tip coming for you guys. That and more from MightySports.net on the Mighty Sports Podcast, right here, every single Wednesday. Still your host, Alan Tomar Taylor. Still made you look. They still shooting. Ah! Freestyle martial arts machine. Whether it's Taekwondo, Karate, Yoga, Summer, Spring, or Fall, XF Martial Arts has it all. For more information, class times, and dates, don't wait. Go to xfmartialarts.com and reserve your spot today. That's XF Martial Arts, located at 2875 South Congress Avenue, Suite D, Delray Beach, Florida, 33445. Or call 561-276-1774 and ask to speak with Sensei Cohen to reserve your free trial week. Just tell them Mighty Sports sent you. XF Martial Arts, where fun and discipline are one. They didn't join this team to win championships or become famous. They join because there is important work to be done and only some able to do it. They are brighter, better educated, led, and equipped than any team in history. They are doctors, lawyers, engineers, technologists, and combat troops. Mm-hmm. All prepared for whatever comes their way. Nami? You'll find them where the lights don't flash. Ole. And the only contract they sign is with themselves and their country. No, damn right. One day, they may be asked what they did to make a difference in this world. And they can respond. I became, became a, soldier. a soldier. Just saying, that's what I did. Yeah. One time for the one time, the boy Vinny and the rest of them. Knock it out, wreck. Knock it out, Rick. Come on down to XF Martial Arts where you'll be able to take part in learning all the disciplines you need to be an extreme freestyle martial arts machine. Whether it's Taekwondo, Karate, Yoga, Summer, Spring, or Fall, XF Martial Arts has it all. For more information, class times, and dates, don't wait. Go to xfmartialarts.com and reserve your spot today. That's XF Martial Arts located at 2875 South Congress Avenue, Suite D, Delray Beach, Florida, 33445. Or call 561-276-1774 and ask to speak with Sensei Cohen to reserve your free trial. Just tell them Mighty Sports sent you. XF Martial Arts, where fun and discipline are one.
All right, and we are back to the My Sports Podcast. I'm still your host, the one only, Donald Martella. If you're still listening, I mean, you're still listening right here on MyTSports.net. Or, oh, I mean, you may even be watching on Facebook Live right now as you see me glossing in all of my luxurious glare. Nothing like a blind just Stevie Wonder over here on Facebook. Yeah. The underwear. He had a chicken. He had a to make a bad play. I'm going to hell. I'm going to hell for that one. <laughs> just know. Just know. You don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know. So here we are. Week five of the NFL. Here we are in week five of the NFL. And we've just basically, we've got basically gone through a quarter of the season. And I'm not going to lie, there are some things that are sitting a little bit uneasy for me. Like, if you guys didn't realize, New York didn't put up a 100-yard receiver as a whole. Number York passer or a 300-yard, sorry, 300-yard passer, 100-yard receiver, or 100-yard rusher. New York as a whole. Whether it was in Buffalo, whether it was the Giants, whether it was the Jets. They didn't do it. So there wasn't a lot to talk, speak about them there. One of the most surprising things about this so far this week is that we started to evaluate a lot of these teams, right? LA Rams are kind of exactly who we thought they are, right? They are, they are who we thought they were. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. LA Rams are LA Rams. They went out and they improved on a, on a really gaudy team last year. They got a bunch of ball-hawking individuals, and they are out there for blood. And they are embarrassing teams, and they, and they are winning 4-0 so far. You have the New York Giants that, despite all of their talent, they're not quite producing the way that they should be. And... Let's just get it. Let's just be one hundred percent honest with you. Eli Manning is the mediocre Manning. Okay, this is what this is what he is called in circles around the world, mediocre Manning. Now, it's two Super Bowls. Very good position to be in. If you're a mediocre Manning, I think I had too much Hennessy, man. Well, I didn't. I ain't have an entered the drink so Tennessee far. Tennessee Well, I had lemonade and vodka. I ain't gonna lie, I'm a little smashed. Well, I got a show going on right now. Can you, do you mind? Dressed. Oh, we'll come back out later. We in the club, man. And yeah, oh no, this is the that is not instrumentals. Let's switch that up. The New York Giants may be one of the most disappointing teams in the league. Because you got to figure they came in there, they changed up the head coach or whoever it was, the GM, whoever it was, right? They supposedly made changes on the offensive line that should have helped Eli Manning um, do better. You still have Odell Beckham Jr., you still have Sterling Shepard, you you know, and you also had the tight end Ingram. You added who's supposed to be the best running back coming out of the draft. 
and yet you're not producing. And this and this is where the problem is with Eli Manning is that when you take his peers, and and this may be the number one thing because listen, Odell Beckham isn't dropping all these passes that I thought he was. I looked at who was the leader in drop passes. You know who was the leader in drop passes coming into last week? Thielen. So if I told you Al, what's his first name? Alvin Thielen, whatever his name is, from Minnesota. Was gonna be what had the most drop passes with four based off what he's given you so far. You would have taken it. So I'm not. What I'm seeing is I'm not seeing that. I'm not seeing Sterling Shepard or Ingram or 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 Alda Beckham Jr. leading the league and drop passes. No, they're not on there. They're not the league leaders. Eli's man is passing. Um, passing percentage though is not amongst the leaders in the NFL. And this is where we start. This is where and this is where people start. This is where we start getting beat for Eli now because Eli Manning has gotten a pass for a very long time. Eli Manning got his first pass because his, because his last name was Manning. Then Eli Manning won a, won, a, won a championship early because of his goddamn defense and, and that goddamn running game. Kind of like how Ben Roethlisberger won his first, de- his, first, his first ring. Let's not get that twisted, right? But Eli Manning wins his second championship and then now he gets another pass. And ever since then, it's been pass after pass after pass after pass. When I'm telling you, if you put Drew Brees, you put Tom Brady, if you put his brother Peyton Manning, if if, if you put if you put Matt Ryan, if, if if you put Cam Newton, if you put Russell Wilson, if if you, if you put any one of these guys that you want to slightly consider his peer, if you put Aaron Rodgers, and and I and I, and I apologize if I put even Cam Newton in there because Cam Newton doesn't have a ring, and I should have only put people that are champions in the league right now in there. But I'm just talking about people that that you may consider his 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 passing peer. You said his. His 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 quarterback looky like you understand doppelganger people that you would put at least in a category in a, or a category above on that same you know somewhere around the, the same rank as Eli Manning then I'm sorry everybody else you look at this even like they will do with, they would do more with what Eli Manning has than what Eli Manning is doing with his current team that's what the problem is. That's where the problem is with Eli Manning. That's where the, the major issue comes. And then you start to figure, well, you know what? If Eli Manning isn't doing more of this team, then where is it coming from? Because, you know what? Once again, Eli Manning gets the pass. Eli Manning always gets the pass. Eli Manning is a two-time court. is a two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback. You understand? Like, so he gets that pass. Now you start to look at it. Okay, then. So if it's not him, then, then what is it? Is it coaching? Are they not coaching up the right amount of schemes? Well, the players are kind of getting the ball sometimes. And he's kind of dropping it. Or they find themselves open. He's just kind of overthrowing it. So if you don't want to, so if you're not saying it's to coach him, and you're definitely saying that they, that you, that you definitely have all of the necessary talent that you need to have on the field, then what is it? What is it about the New York Giants that is making them underperform this season when they have everything that you keep seeing that they have? And it comes down to one thing. It has come down to one simple denominator. I had this conversation with somebody, and we and we and we and we, and we hash this out, and we're talking about somebody that, that that is a Giants apologist. We're talking about somebody that defends the Giants anytime that they get. We're talking about that somebody that that if they had to, if the Giants were catching bullets, they would throw their body in front of them like ah no. That kind of protection. The Giants need more the Giants should be given more and they haven't been given more and we come to figure out that the reason why the Giants cannot give more is because the Giants are cursed danger zone 
And and he's saying to himself, wait a minute, what do you mean the Giants are cursed? Like they've just recently won two Super Bowls. You understand? They have Eli Manning, they have Ole Beckham, they have Saquon Barkley, they have all of this stuff, they have all of this gold, they have the prestige, they have the state, they have the back end, they have the money. What do you mean that they're cursed? And what I mean is that they're cursed. The Giants have been going downhill. The Giants have been going down this path. For quite some time now. They have been going down this path. Ever since. They made one. They made one decision. That one decision. was to get rid of Tom Coughlin. Ever since... The New York Giants got rid of Tom Coughlin. They have not been able to find their way. And it started with not allowing Tom Coughlin, supposedly, to discipline Odell Beckham Jr. And now we see what Odell Beckham Jr. does all the time when he's not getting his way. And it's not equated to anything. Fun fact. Fun fact. Odell Beckham doesn't have a touchdown this season. Giants got rid of Tom Coughlin, and they have, and, and we said this, and we said this when it happened. Like, it's funny that it's really coming to fruition that the Giants have been jetting up the place as of late. The Giants get rid of Tom Coughlin. As I see Aaron Judge on second base with no outs, top bottom of the six. The Yankees are still up to nothing. We said that they were going to regret this. Tom Coughlin leaves the Giants, goes to Jacksonville. The first thing he goes in Jacksonville is that he gets rid of the foosball table, or ping pong ball table, whatever it is. Ever since then, you can honestly say that the Jacksonville Jaguars and the New York Giants have been going in completely opposite directions. And not for nothing, this is completely opposite direction than they, than they were going in. The Giants were always a team that we thought was going up, while the Jacksonville Jaguars always managed to stay down. And now the Jacksonville Jaguars are going up, while the Giants managed to stay down. And a lot of it, if, you, if, if you're talking about you have all the personnel, if you're talking about it's not coaching, if you're talking about it's not the GM, it's not, it's not anything else, then it comes down from ownership or whoever it was or whoever's decision it was to get rid of Tom Coughlin. Because what you have ultimately done, what you've ultimately done is erase the culture of the New York Giants. And now the culture of the New York Giants is tailored around the guy that that gets paid the most money in the locker room. I just told you, he doesn't have a touchdown this season. A guy that doesn't have a touchdown this season is a guy that wanted to be paid more, wanted to be get paid as the as the top as the highest quarterbacks in this league. He's the guy that wanted to be paid as the highest run as the highest wide receiver in this league. You know what I'm saying? He wanted to set the standard and set the bar. And since he has set the financial bar. He has been sub 
Park! And he has been slowly dragging down the Giants year after year after year. And while he may still get his numbers, uh, he may still technically produce, he is not beneficial to winning, which is what ultimately the Giants are all supposed to be about. The Giants went over the hot, went with the hot splash over winning, and that's why they started jetting up the place. Tom Coughlin is in, is in Jacksonville, and you know what he did? Was able to do the first time Leonard Fournette acted up, bench him. And then when they won without him, Leonard Fournette was like, I'm sorry. So what it seems like culture doesn't mean anything from the top on down. Let's take a look of, of how polar opposites the Jacksonville Jaguars and the New York Giants were. With the New York Giants being a winning franchise and the Jacksonville Jaguars being a losing franchise. Versus how they are now. With the Jacksonville Jaguars being on the pace to be or start being a winning franchise. While the Giants have been... Not just a losing franchise. They have been in disarray. They have been mishandled. Like, dare I say? The New York Giants have been a dysfunctional franchise as of late. But let's not talk too much about them. Let's hurry up and get into week five of the NFL, right? Week five of the NFL. We started off with a Monday night game with Indiana versus New England, right? And while Indiana... I don't know why I thought Indiana was 3-1. and one. I guess they're not. Indiana's definitely 1-3. And, and I don't expect them to go into New England and beat New England. Especially when they consistently have an Andrew Luck passing all this time. So if Andrew Luck passes for 50 times and he loses this game, then Andrew Luck is going to pass for 50 times and lose this game. Next up, we have the Denver Broncos versus taking on the New York Jets. And obviously, I don't believe that the New York Jets right now are just in a position where they can win much of anything. So, I am picking the Denver Broncos to beat the New York Jets. Next, we have Green Bay going into Detroit. I have Green Bay beating Detroit. We have the Giants going into Carolina, and I have the Carolina Panthers beating the New York Giants. I don't see where this is at on my paper. There it goes on my paper. I just want to make sure that my matches are matching what I put on what I put up on the website already. Because listen, even though the website is in front of me, who knows how I feel when I have these picks in front of me? And I'm gonna tell you, and I'm gonna tell you one, one for one thing whatsoever. Like, I mean, I mean, you want some insight? If you, if you really want some insight, until. Green Bay truly falls on their ass because Aaron Rodgers isn't healthy enough. I don't believe it. And in a gunslinging event against Matthew Stafford, while Matthew Stafford isn't the kind of person I would, I would want anybody to get into a gunslinging um, competition with, 85% uh, A.A. Ron is, is one of the few people I wouldn't mind. If you ask me why I'm definitely going to take the New York Giants over Carolina, well, you just heard me talk about all the reasons why I thought the New York Giants weren't a winning franchise right now and why they were a dysfunctional franchise. But also, if you have looked at it at any point in time so far, and the only, only game I haven't checked out so far has been their first game they've played, but the Carolina Panthers have 
forced opposing defense to put up negative numbers when we talk about fantasy football. And the New York Giants aren't known for having a great defense. So this is one of those games where I'm talking about we have McCaffrey and we also have Moncrief. And I'm talking about that this is a game where all of them could go off, especially if Cam Newton could go out there and get two touchdowns. We have Tennessee versus Buffalo. Tennessee has, for some odd reason, they've started out pretty hot. They've they, they come out 3-1. and one, And the Buffalo Bills are the complete opposite of that with 1-3. and three. Talking of complete opposites, let me just let you know how much of a paradox. Like, like just, just to drive home one more point. As we were talking about that, it's it's so funny that two, uh, two teams that, that are almost really on going on two different that have been on two different trajectories their whole entire career are now on uh, their whole entire franchise career is now on two different trajectories now again but the only thing that's turned around is that the, the giants are on on the bottom and the new and the jaguars are on top well let me give you this to even show you how much of a complete 180 that one franchise has done and, and the other one has done as well the new york giants this season one and three jacksonville jaguars this season three and one you don't get no even in that So I don't see Buffalo pulling out a victory here. I see the Tennessee Titans is proven to to four and one, and I don't know what's going on in Buffalo anymore these days. Right? We have Atlanta taking on Pittsburgh, and I told you, listen. Even though I don't believe that Atlanta can win close games until they get Le'Veon Bell, I, I am not picking Atlanta to win any games. And the New York Yankees are up three nothing in the bottom of the six or top of the six. I see we got a visitor from Columbia, South Carolina. What up? I used to be stationed in South Carolina over there at Fort Jackson. Next up, we have the we have the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Cleveland Browns. And listen, it's, it, everything is nice and cute. What what Baker Mayfield is doing? Yeah, he's bring some excitement back into that into that lineup. He's brought some buzz back into that lineup. Last game he threw for two touchdowns, but he also threw for two interceptions. I wouldn't be surprised if he does the same exact thing this game. I have Baltimore um, winning this game, improving a four and one. Next up, we have um, we have the three and one Miami Dolphins taking on the three and one Cincinnati Bengals. And do I have to say this? Like, while this may even be slightly a heart pick, if you know me, because I don't like to pick the Dolphins to win too many games. But also, this is Cincinnati at home. I do believe in the Red Rocket and the AJ Green connection. I don't I don't fully believe in whatever Miami is, as we have Juan Carlos Stanton coming up to bat with a runner on first. This is a three two, so we have. This is a full count for him with three balls and two strikes, and there are still no outs. Hmm. So I'm going to pick Cincinnati to win this game to improve to 4-1 and, and bump Miami down to a respectable 3-2, and two, mind you. That's all the credit I'm going to give to you. We have the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Right? This is my first game of the week as listen as of right now any game that involved kansas city is, is going to be the multi-vest game of the week now mind you pittsburgh atlanta probably wouldn't generally qualify for me but there's no Le'Veon bell there as Juan carlos stan was just sitting there looking at ooh. Was that? A, did they call that a ball? Did they call that a strike? Oh, they call that a ball. And we have runners on third and first now. I could have swore that whoever the runner was on before that was on second, but I guess not. Oh, maybe he stole. Maybe he stole on that one. Who knows? Up right now. What do we have on the mound right now? 
Who's that? Luke Floyd? Yeah, I can't see. I got no glasses. I can't tell. With the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. This game gave me all kinds of heart populations. This game made me question everything that I knew wholly. This game this game made me consistently wonder about who did I want to pick, especially even even this early in. And you've heard me give high praise to both of these teams. Jacksonville Jaguars for having Tom Coughlin being disciplined, having the necessary pieces that it takes, and also being on a trajectory now to, to move forward. You've heard me give massive big ups and praises. I'm not going to say to both of these teams, but to Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and to what they're doing over there in Missouri. Now, the only thing that cast me is not now who gives way. 3 and 1 Jacksonville, 4 0 Kansas City Chiefs. <sighs> Andy Reid versus Tom Coughlin. See, this is where I'm getting, this is, this is the struggle that I'm at now with, with this one particular game. And even though I know I have way too many away teams winning this week. This may be the only one that I'm, I'm probably going to regret, but I'm going to pick Jacksonville Jaguars to give Kansas City Chiefs their first loss this season. Like I said, CTV. Next up, we have the, next up we have the Oakland Raiders taking on the LA Chargers, and we start the afternoon games. And I'm going to pick the LA Chargers to advance to 3-2, and two, as Y2 Banana Split is going to keep sounding like some, a Tourette status coming out of John Gruden's mouth as he attempts to do some play calling. Next up, we have Philly versus Minnesota. And folks, here we go again. Just like with the LA Rams versus Minnesota earlier this season, right on last week, this game has one of those implications, like kind of like from last year. You know, these, teams, these two teams met in the playoffs. If any one of these two teams are going to be good, then you figure that they were going to have to go through each other. Minnesota's defense we thought was a little bit better than that. Minnesota has so far put up a tie. We've seen Philadelphia um, sometimes do well, sometimes better, but we've seen them completely be a different team since they've gotten their starting quarterback back. So now what we got to is that... With their starting quarterback back, is Philadelphia the team that is going to rise to the top? We are going to give Philadelphia the benefit of the doubt because they are in Philly. They have their starting quarterback back. Minnesota is still kind of Minnesota is still kind of struggling. We don't know what they what they're going to be this year. At Philadelphia, at some point in time, they're going to have to get over that Super Bowl hangover, and this just means just just may be the game to get them back on track. Next up, we have the LA Rams versus the Seattle Seahawks. And this is another one of those games that I find difficult to pick. Now, the Seattle Seahawks, I think that they've just lost a little bit too much over um, lately. They're going through a little bit a little bit too much turmoil. I told you the LA Rams have nothing but ball hawkers on their team. And when they and even though Russell Wilson is always running for his life, when they have him running for his life this time, they also, these guys also have kind of cover corners that are going to take the necessary risk to go come up with a couple of pick sixes. I have the LA Rams beating the Seattle Seahawks. I can't fully believe in either one of these teams when it comes to the San Francisco 49ers or Arizona Cardinals. So let's just say... We give the rookie quarterback his first victory going into San Francisco. Even though I still believe that whoever's this, the quarterback for San Francisco is still going to put up 250-plus yards because right? that's what that's just how they, I think their offense is designed to do. And right now they also have a running back that is designed to keep 
defenses off the field, eat up a bunch of chunking yards. Don't be surprised if San Francisco wins that game. Next up, we have Dallas versus Houston. I'm going to pick Houston to beat Dallas. Let's just keep that simple. I don't, I don't need a lot of explanation there. I don't believe in what Dallas is doing over there. They can stack that box. Listen, this is one of those few times where I'm saying what Houston has and how Dallas scores are going to be the two things that clash. You're talking about Javanian Clowney and J.J. Watt directly just smashing their heads into Ezekiel Elliott and headhunting for him all game because they have nothing downfield. I am going to take Houston. I am going to take Deshaun Jackson. I am going to take the points. I don't even know what the points are. I just wanted to say it <laughs> to beat Dallas. They're going to improve the 2-3. and three. Dallas is going to fold the 2-3, and three, and then we're going to have a whole different kind of game on our hands. As the New York Yankees now have runners on second and third, still no outs. This is a full count, three balls and two strikes. And here comes the pitch, and he gets into there, and it is a foul ball. Still 32. Next up, we have Washington taking on New Orleans, and I love Adrian Peterson. I like what this team is doing in Washington. I just have Drew Brees and them boys going to the Super Bowl. I have New Orleans coming, out, coming away with that game. There goes your picks for the week. The Mighty Sports Picks. <laughs> Now let's get to the fun part. Now let's get to the fun part. There's not a lot of fantasy tips to give you to give you ladies this week. Just to let you know, right? She not. Let's let's do this proper. Let's do this properly. I do apologize. Let's give this to you properly. The mighty fantasy football tips, not winning tips, just. Tips, tips, tips. Just the tip? Just the tip! Just the tip! Let's just say what I want involves much more than just the tips. Just the tips. What I want is much more than just the tips. There's not a lot of tips to give you ladies this week. Hey. <laughs> There's not a lot of there's not a lot of tips as I think the Yankees just had it was that a three one home run or did I come off the wall? Oh no, just missed it. Bounced off the wall. Drove in two runs. Yankees are up five nothing. Yes. Let's go, Yankees. There's not a lot of tips to give you this week. Hopefully that you've been paying attention to your waiver wire. Hopefully you've been paying attention um to the players on your team. Hopefully you've definitely been making sure that they just still home? Did he just steal home? Holy crap. The Yankees just stole home. They are up 6-0. Get, like, shut the front. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He didn't steal home. That was a pop-up fly. Okay. He beat the he beat the throw-in at home. Okay. 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 Whew. Ooh, I think he was out. He was definitely out. Sorry for the delay in the play-by-play. -play. But he was definitely out. They gave him the score. And I don't know if those things are reviewable. But they gave him the score. It's 6-0 Yankees. Bottom of the six. 
Only one out so far. If they're reviewing it, actually, I think they are reviewing it. It's a replay review. They're going to call him out. They're going to call him out after this review. This isn't going to count. It's going to be two outs. <clears throat> so I don't have a lot of tips for you. I don't have a lot of tips for you this week. Like, just make sure you stay on, stay on your fantasy wires. If you haven't been editing your lineups, please edit your lineups. I will be on top of it. There. If you haven't picked up, let's say, Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton may be a quarterback definitely to get at this point in time. That is, that is, that is one of the few things that, that you definitely want to look in. Andy Dalton, if you're looking for defenses, just, just keep trying to find a defense out there. A lot of people may not have had Carolina, may have dropped Carolina's defense after last week because they wanted to buy, figuring, that, figuring they're not too well, so stick with them for a while. He is so out. But more importantly, even though I don't have an opening segment for this yet, we're going to talk about the fantasy versus reality. Because if you've heard me give the tips on the fantasy fo- about, about the fantasy football and how to draft, you've heard me consistently talk about Leading up to it, the how running backs are the number one are the, are the number one position in fantasy football. Now, that's the fantasy of it. The reality, the running backs aren't the most important position so far in fantasy football this year. And I don't know if it's this year that's that that's making this thing this way, without any without without any. Oh, the call stands. Oh wow, the Yankees were, were given a gift. The Yankees were just given a gift. Like I'm not gonna lie, I ain't gonna lie. The Yankees were given a gift. Let's go. Let's hurry up and start wrapping up this show. The quarterbacks are the ones that are still running. Not only football, they're running fantasy football. As we've come here and we told you guys a couple of times, right? As as we're gonna keep keep we're gonna keep track of this thing. We're gonna keep keeping track of this thing. Because I find this to be very interesting how, because we've spent, they, the experts, and we, and you, and we've all spent all of this time under the, under the misconception that running backs are the most important position in fantasy football. And who knows how things turn out at the end of the season. But so far, so far, the running backs aren't proven to be that. Number one running, number one player in all of fantasy football, it is... The boy with the cannon for a hand. And I am just going to start calling him Cannon Mahomes. You heard me talk about him. About how he changed hands and how he was throwing free flickers and all of this other stuff, right? You heard me say all of that. That was him. That was definitely, definitely him. Patrick Mahomes, number one person in fantasy football, total 112 yards. Followed by him is Matt Ryan, 104. Followed by another quarterback is the LA quarterback, Jared Goff, with 98. Followed by the Tampa Bay's former quarterback, 
Ryan Fitzpatrick with 98. Then you see our first running back with Alan Kamara, Alvin Kamara, and that's because he gets just about as many running yards as he gets passing yards, and as he as he puts up 97 so far points. Followed by another quarterback, New Orleans quarterback Drew Brees with 95. Followed by another quarterback, Kirk Cousins with 91. Followed by another LA running um quarterback, Philip Rivers with 89. Then we have our second running back, finally Todd Gurley, and then followed by another run another quarterback, Deshaun. Jackson, eight out of your top ten fantasy football positions are held all by quarterbacks. Highest rated running back, I'm um, sorry, highest rated wide receiver, 61 points. Just to let you know. I bet you'll never guess who it is. Call into the show, let me know, leave a message. Now, Todd Gurley's 88. Tyler Kamara's 97. Puts him in the top two for running backs. That still don't mean that we put in a whole bunch of running backs. <laughs> I mean, we have Melvin Gordon that's gonna that's gonna fall somewhere in the top 15, top 20 because he's gonna he comes in right at the right after Andy Dalton. Yes, Andy Dalton is a top 10 fantasy producing quarterback. So let's give you the fantasy football numbers, right? I basically gave you the top eight. Patrick Mahomes, Matt Ryan, Jerry Goff, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jer um, Drew Brees, um, Kirk Cousins, Phillip Rivers, Deshaun Watson. Number nine, fantasy football running um, quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger. Number 10, fantasy football quarterback, Andy Dalton. Ben Roethlisberger, 84. Andy Dalton was 79. Now... That's the fantasy of it. The reality of it, Ben Roethlisberger is your number one passing quarterback in the league with 1,414 yards. Number one. Followed by Jared Goff with, 14, with 1,406. The only two receivers in the league right now with over 1,400 yards. He is followed by Kirk Cousins, who comes in at number six in fantasy, right, with, with 1,386. And just to let you know, Jared Goff was number three. So he is one of the only few guys that still falls in the top three. See, he's a great quarterback to have. If Jared Goff is out there, grab him. Grab him if he happens to be out there. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Sorry, not Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> Derek Carr comes with 1,373 yards. Followed by Ryan Fitzpatrick with 1,356. Followed by Matt Ryan with 1,316. Followed by Drew Brees, who have 1,295. Followed by Baltimore's quarterback Joe Flacco, who isn't on any one of these fantasy football lists when it comes to top when it comes to top quarterbacks with 1,252. Then you see Deshaun Jack Deshaun Watson over there with 1,246. And you wonder, hey, how can Deshaun Watson go out there? Because he gets things with he gets it done with his feet, people. He gets it done with his feet. And then we see Matthew Stafford, 1,202 yards. So you see, there's a, there's a bunch of quarterbacks that are actually the top 10 in their position when it comes to actually passing of the ball that are nowhere in the top 10 when it comes to... when it comes to actually passing the ball. Same thing with running backs. We got Alvin Kamara leading all, leading all running backs in 97 on fantasy football points. And being followed by Melvin Gordon, I'm sorry, Todd Gurley with 88. Those aren't the top two. Well, I shouldn't say those aren't the top two. One of them is. We have Gordon followed that with 78, Ezekiel Elliott with 66, Saquon Barkley with 60, Carlos Hyde with 57, Kareem Hunt with 56. We have James Cooner 
with 55, Marshawn Lynch with 51, and James White from New England with 50. Those are your top fantasy football running backs. Reality of it, Ezekiel Elliott is your number one producing running back with 426 yards. Followed by Todd Gurley, who still who remains in his number two spot with 338. Then we have Breda, the San Francisco running back, with 313 yards. Followed by Marshawn Lynch. Yes, folks, Marshawn Lynch puts up the fourth most yards in the league right now with, a, with an even 300. And that's followed by Kareem Hunt with 289, Carlos Hyde with 285, Melvin Gordon with 276, Alvin Kamara with 275. Yes, folks, Alvin Kamara, that is the number one in fantasy football, is number eight when it actually comes to production just with rushing. Followed, that is followed by McAfee out of Carolina. And then followed by Lindsay out of Denver with 267 yards. This is when things get interesting. This is when things get real interesting. Number one producing wide receiver in fantasy football is Atlanta's wide receiver Calvin Riley. Yes, folks. These last two years have been, sorry, two weeks, <laughs> have been phenomenal for them. They've helped them boost up his numbers better than anything and if he continues on this path then he is going to definitely be a top producing wide receiver and and listen if and if he found a way to go and scoop him up if you found a way to go and grab him then kudos to you for following that advice me 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 and picking him up because he has been a gold mine for you over the last couple of weeks rest of these wide receivers it goes hill 59 and I, we're talking, we're, we're, I'm talking about Hill out of Kansas City. 59 fantasy points. We got Cup with 50, also with 59. Thielen with 58. Jackson, Deshaun Jackson, that is, with also with 58. Mike Thomas out of New Orleans with 56. Mike Evans out of Tampa Bay with 56 as well. AJ Green with 55. Uh, the, um, 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 Hopkins out of Houston with 54. And Golden Tate with 54. And folks, when it comes to all of those guys here, you know who the top, the top touchdown leaders are? The top touchdown leaders are. Yes, folks, we have it again. Calvin Ridley with six, but followed by him is the AJ Green with five, and after him is Cup with four. Now, the reality of it. Number one producing, wide receiver. When it just comes to total yards, Julio Jones from Atlanta with 502 yards. He is the only wide receiver so far that has over 500 yards so far for the season. Next up, he is being followed by Thielen, the Minnesota wide receiver, with 473 yards. Followed by Dalvin Cook with 452 yards. And then you see Mike Thomas out of New Orleans, I'm in fourth, with 455 yards. Then we have the Hopkins out of Houston, 443. Evans out, Evans out of Tampa Bay with 426. Then he's followed by Sean Jackson with 424. Juju Smith, Juju Smith, Smith Schuster out of Pittsburgh is the number one wide receiver out there with 416 yards. Notice we don't see Antonio Brown anywhere up here yet. We see Golden Tate with 389 yards, followed by Cook with 307. And that's Cook, not Cooks, folks. Cook, not Cooks. Cook, not Cooks. Yeah, two different people. So, this is so I, I like to do that to show you guys the fantasy versus the reality of it. Some of these guys that are producing in fantasy are not the same guys that are producing in reality. But you know what? If you have some of these top producing guys in reality, then you're not doing that bad in your fantasy. And that's where I want to get at more than anything else. 
So if you ask me for your fantasy football tips, there goes your tips. There are a bunch of guys out here that are producing and that are putting up top 10 numbers that may not be putting up top 10 numbers in fantasy, but you still want to get. As we know, everybody probably already has Ben Roethlisberger and Goff and Cousins and Carr and Fitzpatrick and Brian and Brees and Flacco. But I mean, and Brees, maybe, maybe you don't have Joe Flacco. Maybe you don't have Matthew Stafford, who are still putting up decent numbers. Same thing when it comes to the, to the running backs. Maybe you don't have McCaffrey over, um, from Carolina, but he's putting up a decent number, and his team wins, and his team will be utilizing him. So think about that. Now, when we come to the tight ends, we don't, we don't listen. We don't, we don't give a lot of stock in the tight ends. So we're just gonna tell you who, who so far is leading the tight ends in all fantasy football points when it comes to fantasy. When it comes to fantasy football, we have Jared Cook. Cook, 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 once again, Cook. That's the same Cook we were just talking about, who was the number 10th overall receiver. That's Jared Cook with 48 fantasy football points. So if you have Cook on your team, you are cooking. He's, at least, at least, at least he's, he's, he's putting numbers. That's just followed by Travel, Travis Kelsey with 46. You have just followed by George Kettle with 38 fantasy football points. Eric Ebron gets puts up 32. Eric Ebron got 32. He's on my bench all the time. Followed by <laughs> followed by Ertz with 31, and then Zach Rudolph with 29. Folks, there goes your the mighty fantasy football tips. Not winning tips, just tips. 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 Just the tip? Just the tip! Just the tip! Let's just say what I want involves much more than just the tips. Just the tips. What I want is much more than just the tips. Ooh, we're about to bite down to the end of the show. I just want to thank you guys for listening. As always, that is just about everything. We gave you everything. We gave you week four. We gave you week five. We gave you our, we gave you some fantasy talk. And don't forget, like, we also have October 20th, Pro Platinum Wrestling. Out, out there in West Palm Beach, we will be having our Hollow Slam. This weekend, we also have the McGregor fight, which we're going to see McGregor's return to the ring after his lengthy suspension and also vacation after getting that boxing money. Also, this weekend, we have the we have uh, WWE's um, Super Showdown that's going to be taking place in Australia, where the Undertaker takes on Triple H for the last time. In each corner, you have Kane in the corner of Undertaker with... HBK in the corner of Triple H. Don't forget to catch that show. And trust me, I can't wait for this weekend to begin. I have my good friends. So to all you guys that like that likes to go to the yoga of my eye classes over there in Brooklyn and Bronx, I do apologize. I am still in your instructor for the weekend. I am going to get myself a private lesson. And I can't wait. But don't forget, listen, you always go to her webpage, yoga of my house, her Sorry, the social media page, Yoga of My Eye. And you'll find out when she's back in town and when she'll be giving back classes again. I do appreciate you guys listening. As always, we're going to head out of here. We finished watching these, um, the Yankees play. Yankees look like they're going to be in a position to advance into the wild card. So it looks like the Yankees will be taking on the Boston Red Sox. So the next time we come back, we'll be talking about how these first rounds of the playoffs went. Will Cleveland be up over Houston? Will the Yankees be up over Boston? Will Milwaukee be up over Colorado? And will the Dodgers be up over the Braves? And you already can see I have an idea of who I want to win. Actually, I kind of want the Colorados to win over the Milwaukee. I want to see Denver in their, green, in their white and greenery go ahead and take that one away. From Milwaukee, that is. I didn't lose to the Dodgers. <laughs>
that's the show, folks. I do appreciate you listening, as always. I do appreciate you affording me your time. As we always say we, when we leave the show, as both hands wash, as, as one hand washes the other, and both wash the face, we continue to this race to the top. I do appreciate you listening to the show. It's MightySports.net. I'm your host, Alan Thomas Taylor. And don't forget, stay tuned, stay blessed, don't stress. As we continue on this race, both hands wash the other, one wash the face. And also, in the words of Wale, I do love that shit. Let the optimism of tomorrow be your foundation for today. That is the show, and we're out of here. Sorry, boys. All the stitches in the world can't sew me together again. Lay down. Lay down. Always knew I'd make a stop there. But a lot, a lot later, later than, than a gang, gang of people thought. Last call for drinks. drinks. Bars closing down. down. Sun's, Sun's out. out. Where, where we go breakfast? Don't want to go, go no far. far. Show's over. We're we're two hours. Die, die, baby. Die. die. Oh, before we get the show, before we let the show go. Sorry, because I see my homeboy Rob. I had to join the show at the last minute. We on the show for two hours. You just want to join? So I gotta, I'm going to show him some love. You can catch him every single Wednesday at TM1 of Taxis. He'll be there DJing. Go show him some love. That's DJ Rob, TM1 of Taxis, every single Wednesday. I'm out of here. That's the show. Don't forget to stay. My, my team.